0: Welcome. Welcome.
1: Welcome to the Think Orange podcast.
2: A
3: podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley bowheads Good day everyone. My name is Ashley and welcome to the Think Orange podcast. <laughs> I
4: That was the best intro we've ever had. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, that's where I would introduce you, and you didn't even introduce me. I I
3: know. I was so, you know, (laughs) so excited. I was so focused on doing it right. I forgot to tell everyone that my lovely co host, my fantastic co host, Dave Adamson, is sitting across the table from me. Dave. How are you doing
4: today? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, So weird to have you uh, (laughs) do the intro here, but that was good. Great job. I'm really... That was good, bud. Thank you.
3: On a scale of 1 to 10?
4: Oh, 17. Thank you. (laughs) 17. Yes, it's episode 78, and I'm doing really good because it's two days after my birthday.
3: And one week before Christmas.
4: Yeah, see, that's what always happens when your birthday's in late December. (laughs) People... Step over your birthday and go straight to Christmas. So I mean, thanks don't get for, me wrong,
3: Dave. You know what?
4: No, no, you know what? <laughs> thanks for just bringing up all these repressed memories of missing out on birthdays growing up.
3: Dave, <laughs> I've got something for you. Go. Happy birthday to you. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dave. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Do you know that if you do that not like even, in a room, yes. everybody starts singing the last yes, time? Yes, because everybody goes with ends it. Ends faster.
4: Thanks, thanks for not even giving me the, new, the full song. Wow. That's Dave. awkward. Uh, you know what I've noticed living in America? Americans sing happy birthday like it's a funeral song happy birthday (laughs) to you. It's so true. And whenever we're out at parties and things, everybody starts out happy. And I always go, happy birthday to you. Because it's a celebration. Yeah. Why don't we sing it as a celebration here? I do. And you know the other thing. My whole
3: life is a celebration. It it
4: totally is. And you know the other thing we've noticed about birthdays since we're on it and since I can now just... Keep air all going. of my grievances tell us
3: everything it might
4: not be Christmas I think it's Festivus and uh, it's the airing of grievances in Australia once Happy Birthday has been sung everybody goes somebody goes hip hip and everybody goes hooray uh-huh. hip hip hooray so it always happens at every party we're at we sing Happy Birthday Happy Birthday to you and I go hip hip and it's dead silence
3: I I would chime in, but just so you know, um, where I grew up, there's a second verse to happy birthday. No. So you'd have to wait until the second verse is over, Seriously? but apparently that's not normal because when I lived in Maryland for 10 years, they didn't sing the second <laughs> verse. So I'd be singing the second <laughs> verse alone.
4: What is the second verse of happy birthday? May
3: the dear Lord bless you. That's not real. May the dear Lord bless. Yeah. That, that is not real. I'm serious. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. We did that.
4: That is incredible. Well, Ash, it is exactly seven days until Christmas, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it came out. What have you got planned for this Yuletide season?
3: Well, you know what, Dave? I actually have a gift for all of our listeners. Oh, what is it? I have made a Spotify playlist of all of my favorite Christmas songs. Oh
4: my gosh, what's it called? Is it called Chris Mash? Chris-mash?
3: I'm not that creative.
4: What, what did you call it?
3: It was um, <laughs> Christmas with Ashley.
4: <laughs> if you and ever do a Christmas album, that's what it should be called. Christmas
3: with Ashley. Christmas And with it's Ashley. all the best. So you can go ahead and uh, look in the show notes yep. at thinkorangepodcast.com. Or you can find it on the link in my profile on Instagram.
4: Awesome. I'm going to go and check it. I'm tipping there's a lot of NSYNC. I'm tipping there's some Justin Bieber in there.
3: You know what, Dave?
4: Is there a Mariah Carey song?
3: You know what, Dave? I'm going to let you listen to the whole thing. And what I'd like you to do is document your, your Christmas spirit okay. throughout.
4: Done. I, will, I, I promise you I will listen to it. Can I leave a review? Please. I will leave a review. Uh, that's going to be on our go-to Christmas list this year. You know
3: what we should do? What should we do? You should make Christmas with Dave playlist. And okay. we should have our listeners vote between pl- which Christmas playlist Is the best done.
4: All right, so I'm going to call mine a very Aussie Christmas.
3: Oh, I love that. And
4: yours is called Christmas Christmas with with Ash. Wow. So what what you need to do is look up on Spotify, look up on Apple Music, (laughs) a very Aussie Christmas and Christmas with Ash, and we want you to vote and see who comes out the winner. Boom. We're not competitive at all, are we? No. <laughs> Two threes on the Enneagram just putting together their Christmas <laughs> list. That's what this podcast has become. Hey, today we're actually breaking out every other week's schedule and airing next week's episode early because next Tuesday is Christmas, as we've been talking about. Um, and we knew that if we aired this episode next Tuesday, you'd all miss it. And today's episode is a can't-be-missed episode because we are celebrating our good friend Ashley Bohuns. Ah, we're celebrating you today,
3: guys. Now,
4: the reason for that is that unfortunately, this is actually Ashley's last episode as a regular host of the Think Orange podcast, and we are bummed about that.
3: Sad. Ash, this doesn't feel like a celebration. <laughs> I'm sad.
4: Well, I'm sad as well, but we are going to celebrate you because you're still here now. And while you're not going to be a regular part of the show, you're, you're here right now. We think that that's a cause for celebration.
3: Oh, I love it. Thank you, Dave. I feel very honored. But I do want to say, um, if you're wondering why, there's a lot of projects that I'm working on um, that I'm not, I can't actually talk about just yet, mm, but secret. it's taking a lot of my time. I'm traveling so much. And so I feel like... I'm not able to be here regularly and that's not really fair to you guys. Um, and so, I, uh, I hope they find somebody who can, you know, put up with you, Dave. <laughs>
4: wow. Wow. That just kidding. Collated.
3: Have so much fun with you, Dave.
4: Well, Ash, we are just so happy to see you spread your wings and fly. Oh, my
3: gosh. I believe I can fly.
4: <laughs> she went with it. I'm so happy you did. Hey, and I'm so happy you did because today, I want to, here's the thing. Everybody who's listening, Welcome. To the best of Ashley Bohens. Oh no! That's what this episode is about. You're going to hear clips of some of the, <laughs> the incredible things that Ashley has added to make this Think Orange podcast all that it is. So there's going to be singing, there's going to be laughing. That's the thing that I don't know how I'm going to live without. Ash, that I have that not laugh heard this have. yet,
3: so I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> because I'm aware of things I've said on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
4: Hey, but you know what? We're also going to hear from some of the absolute pearls of wisdom that you have dropped. So throughout this episode, you're going to hear from people like rapper and speaker Joseph Sojourner about leveraging culture and creativity in episode 67, which you added so much to, Ash. You're going to hear from Leslie Bolsa, creative director for Core Essentials, about helping local schools win in episode 73. Do you remember that one? That was a good episode. Love you're going to hear from author, speaker, radio host Sam Collier and Christian rapper Tadashi about finding your voice. Ash, I remember that interview. You were incredible. You said so many wise things in that. It was so awesome. And you're also going to hear from Afton Phillips, director of small group strategies at Orange, when Ashley and her discussed clarifying the win for small group leaders in episode 26, way back in episode 26. You were such a young buck back then. (laughs) You were so like raw and we were shaping you into the podcast host that you have become.
3: (laughs) I appreciate all of your efforts, Dave.
4: Um, You're also going to hear some funny stories that capture the essence of what why we all love her, and we're going to give you what you want, what you really, (laughs) really want, a montage of Ash singing. Oh, no. You you told us what you wanted, and we're going to give it to you. So if you're a long-time listener, you know that the Best of Ashley episode would not be complete without her singing at least one song from frozen one (laughs) song i haven't
3: sang frozen a long time dave
4: it's true and i don't think you should deny the people now (laughs) so ash you know it's just such a shame that we have to
3: no there's a lot of singing apparently that's going to happen on this episode (laughs) so we do not need to add anything to it so should i also i'm a little anxious to hear what you guys put together
4: so should i just let it go
3: I think that in honor of my last episode, Dave, I think you need to be the one that sings in honor of me.
4: Well, you know, I've done it before and I will do it on this episode, I promise. Hey, before we kick off the celebration of all things Ash, I just want to tell everybody that this episode is proudly brought to you by the Orange Conference 2019. Ashley, will you tell everybody about the Orange Conference one more time.
3: If you've never been to Orange Conference, this is the year you're going to want to be there Mm. because I'm really excited about the theme, which is make it personal. And we're going to help you remember why you wanted a ministry in the first place Mm. and how you can continue to make it more and more personal, which hopefully will motivate you to continue doing what you do. Because we all know when something's personal to us, we are invested in a different way.
4: Amen. That was really good. I'm really excited about it. Plus, hello, we're going to be there. We are going to be there because you're not like you're not leaving leaving no, i'm
3: not like this is, i don't know if you know this dave but this podcast is not my only part of my job <laughs> like,
4: what it's not
3: <laughs> like i have a lot of other things i get to be part of and so orange conference is just one of them so i'd love to see you there
4: awesome so how do people find out more about orange conference ash
3: the dot com
4: TheOrangeConference.com. Make sure you go and check that out. Well, let's start today's episode with two moments that really capture the essence of you, Ashley. That should be your perfume line, the essence of Ashley. <laughs> um, we're going to start with two moments that capture the essence of your personality and why we all love you so much.
2: <laughs>
4: that, I, I can see this is going to be a great interview just from the sound of your voice. Do right? You, do you ever sing any Barry White? Who? Um, <laughs> I can't say that I ever have. <laughs> Let's just call out the fact that when I said that to you, Ashley's question was who. He, she doesn't know who, who Barry, Barry White, is. White
3: is. Who's Barry White?
2: Well, I, I wanted to say who, but in fact, I do have some sense of who Barry White
4: is. That's because, Terry, you and I must be more in the same age bracket. <laughs> he was a, He's a singer from like the 70s who was known for having a very deep voice. Oh nice
3: yeah wow (laughs) oh listen i have just been excited to tell you this story because it feels like a dream come true (laughs) i was at the atlanta airport picking up a friend who was going to be coming in town to visit and i was in the starbucks Mm -hmm. in line i'm not looking at At my phone at the atlanta
4: airport starbucks at atlanta airport. yes starbucks
3: at atlanta airport
4: busiest airport in the world yeah it is like legit legit so probably the busiest starbucks in the world
3: well, they have one every five
4: feet, I feel uh, like. Okay, so but, but you're in this extremely busy place, I, packed Starbucks.
3: Yes, I'm in line, and I'm looking at my phone because there's several people in front of me. And while I'm waiting in line, the song Killing Me Softly starts playing on their radio Killing in, in Starbucks. Killing Me Softly. Killing Me Softly. Do you know that song, Dave?
4: Uh, yeah.
3: Okay. It's really good. So, okay, this song is just like something you have to like respond to. How
5: does it go? In some
3: way killing me softly with his song killing me softly wow that's terrible no, but anyways, that was
4: fantastic i was swaying over here
3: well let me tell you about swaying dave okay so i'm starting to sway in line because like no. that mute that song just moves you of course so then i notice like everybody in the whole starbucks is swaying but nobody's no. like paying attention they everyone's in their own world yeah. but <laughs> the, the only thing unifying all of us is that like, we're all swaying to the music. Even the baristas, everybody working at Starbucks.
4: I love this. So
3: then the, the words of the song start coming on, right? right? And like all of a sudden you hear like little whispers of like people are singing quietly to themselves. <laughs> and I'm like all of a sudden so excited because I'm like, everybody's singing and swaying. This is so sweet. But then everyone realizes everyone's singing. So we all start singing louder.
4: That is fantastic. No, it
3: was like an organic flash mob happening in Starbucks. <laughs> ah. And so the funniest part was there was so we're singing loud and the baristas are dancing and singing. It was fantastic. Everyone in that Everybody's Starbucks- in unison. I don't even know how that many people can be in a good mood in the atlanta airport but they were and the best part is is in front of me there was a mom and her high school daughter and behind me was a mom and her high school daughter and you see both of the daughters be like mom stop singing like they're like so embarrassed of their mom and their moms turned to me and they're like my daughter keeps telling me i shouldn't sing to this and i was like oh girls listen this is a song that you ha- you just have to not care what people think and you've got to move and sing it out loud Amen. and the moms are like see and <laughs> it's see, very I, funny
4: so I don't know why but I'm picturing do you, do you remember that movie uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they no. do the street parade and there's people flipping and people come in dancing and swaying in exact unison that's what I'm, expect- that's what I'm picturing in my head right now
3: I was picturing High School Musical
4: and, and I'm picturing you standing on top of like a table or something and just belting out you know that really high harmony part
3: oh thank you i'm I'm so grateful that you think i could do something like that but i do have to say that like everybody who wasn't in the starbucks was like stopping turning and looking in the starbucks like they were missing out which they were
4: see and then i've now i'm picturing as soon as the song ended like all these people stopped out the front are are applauding you pretty much yeah basically (laughs) that's what happened? <laughs> hey, I know in that song. There's a. I'm pretty. Sh- Did you tell K Daddy this story? Because. <laughs> I'm sure when Gosh. I walked into the bunker today that he was humming something. And, and I could be wrong.
3: I, I was talking to him about it earlier.
4: Because there's a big humming, there's a, like a humming part in that song, right? Y-
3: yes, Dave, there is.
4: So here's what I want to do. I don't know <laughs> if uh, K-Daddy's got his microphone on, but I would love if you could hum that humming part uh, and have him come in because he's a talented man. He, he can <laughs> he can hit those high notes.
3: I'll only do if K-Daddy agrees to sing with yeah. me.
4: K-Daddy, you, you got your ears on and you're prepared to join us. <laughs>
3: You guys should see his face right now.
4: Uh, pressed up against the little portal <laughs> yes. window. It's so good. Uh, he's not happy with me for getting <laughs> him to sing. But, but hey, I'm happy. Go. Give it, a, give it a run. Go.
3: Okay. It goes something like, and this was, the, the volume was loud at this point in the song, in the Starbucks. It was, whoa, 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 la, la. We're
4: so good, K-Daddy. That was absolutely amazing. You guys, in perfect
3: sync. (laughs) It feels Uh, good to be known.
4: Right? (laughs) Ash, gosh, I I forgot some of those things. Man, we've done some crazy stuff, haven't Uh,
3: we? Yeah, um, it's interesting to hear those collectively, those moments.
4: Ash, you know, one of the things I love about you is you say things that nobody else is thinking.
3: Thank
1: you.
4: Or but has really, ever thought.
3: Well, I think other people think it; they just don't say it.
4: Well, I I don't think they think it either. I remember. So one what time, you're saying
3: is it's like a spiritual gift. I,
4: I remember one time that we don't even have audio for, where you were complaining about oh, having no. headphones and how you thought you got so much better when you didn't have headphones on. Do you remember what you said? Why did you get better at this podcast when you didn't have headphones on? Well,
3: I my voice was too close to my ear. There like, it is again. It was like
4: I love it. <laughs> My voice was too close to my ear. Yeah. I
3: think that it's a real thing. K-Daddy, have you ever felt that?
4: Uh, no, ma'am. No. <laughs> no. Well, Brilliant.
3: I am convinced other people think this. So, <laughs>
4: Well, Ash, you have always kept things funny and often melodic. But more than anything, we've appreciated the wisdom that you have brought into our conversations here on the podcast, especially when it comes to helping student pastors and small group leaders guide their students towards living an authentic faith. Uh, And and I just wanna add to that, not just group leaders and not just student pastors, but parents as well. Mm -hmm. As a dad, the wisdom that you have shared is I've taken a note of and and I've used that in my own parenting many, many times. So now we're gonna do a best of great conversations with Ashley.
2: There is not one mature Christian that wants to see the church that they love die. Mm. That, that is the reality that I tell so many leaders to say, hey, believe this to be true. A mature Christian does not want the church that they attend and love to die. And every mature Christian wants to be able to say, this church is relatable to the generation behind me. Yeah, Nobody wants to say, I attend a church that we don't care about the generation coming up. Yeah, So I do think putting that vision out in front of them and saying, hey, now here's what that actually looks like with legs on it. Yeah. And so we're going to have to begin to change some things. And I think it's, uh, we look at like Facebook and, and they make those changes and it's easy for us to be like, well, why did they change this click? I was used to this. And yeah. we like to complain about, about it, but in the back of all of our minds, we appreciate Facebook and we don't want it to just disappear tomorrow. So we understand they have to continue to change, to yeah. evolve. And so we we do it every single day in how we do our grocery shopping and how we do everything else that happens online. But I think churches get so afraid of, well... Uh, well, will they leave? And I say, no, we don't leave anything else that's continuing to evolve and change at rapid pace all throughout our culture and all throughout the world we're walking in. So all we need to do is explain the why behind it. And if you say this is to approach the generation coming behind us, there, there, I don't think there's many mature Christians who are like, well, I don't care about them. Yeah. And so, and if they are, that might be a conversation. I won't say, should they be in your church, but (laughs) you need to probably have a conversation with them anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And I think like, when you think about having five different generations in a, trying to lead a church and, and, and you know every generation behind you is a reaction to the generation in front of them and so that means they have different values mm. and i know like the latest research coming out right now about gen z which is anyone that's really 18 and younger is what they're saying is that they're placing higher value on like education mm. and financial independence than any other generation before them mm-hmm. and i think what i see oftentimes is like the the different generations think something's wrong with the other generation Mm. because they're not valuing the same thing so like Mm. I mean Sojo, we're both millennials right Mm -hmm. and how long have people talked about the millennial generation and all the things wrong with our generation Mm -hmm. I mean I think to myself like how about we're just different and it's okay like we're just valuing something different and the research that's coming out about Gen Z it's the same thing and so instead of churches who are maybe led by someone in an older generation instead of looking at Gen Z saying oh this is all the stuff that's wrong with them we have to teach them how to value something different Mm -hmm. figure out what they value so that it becomes a church that they love and that they're going to lead one day
2: yes and and, it, and, the, and it's something that's beautiful and I think that a lot of people think that we're opposed to each other which is not true because millennials want to get there uh, baby boomers and, and generation X they're, they are here so it's like where, where you're at currently is where they want to be so yes when you're looking at generation Z that wants to learn more about finances learn more about mm. how to manage their life or, or simplify everything so that they can kind of find their purpose they need people who are further down the road and more wise so I'm like this is a yes. beautiful tension that we have
4: mm-hmm. yeah Ash You just said something so, so profound. We place value on the different generations, but they're just different. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the the value goes both ways, right? I I hate the way, like my kids are Gen Zs, right? I hate the way that people are labeling Gen Zs. I hate the way that people label millennials. Mm -hmm. But likewise, I I hate the way that baby boomers get labeled. Um, And when we look at it from a biblical point of view, I mean, in the current culture, we all value youth, right? right? We all- like young people, young people. And I Which see Which it the,
3: wasn't always that way.
4: No, in from a biblical point of view, it was the opposite. Yep. People valued the elderly. That's Which scary. is like, how it is in the world. Yes. We, we, they, wanted, they saw elderly people as wise and they wanted more older people in. we're going to bring older people into our synagogues, right? Yeah. <laughs> because they bring wisdom with them. But but some what how do we flip that? And it's not flipping it that's bad. It's the value. This is what I love what you said. It's the value that we're placing on every generation. What if we just said no, every generation is different. And Mm -hmm. valuable. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's
2: okay.
3: Exactly. That's that collaboration
4: matters. There
2: you go. You just started a movement right there. (laughs) Yes.
3: Also, in the research, I noticed um, one of the other changes, like specifically with millennial generations and and older, brand loyalty was really important. Mm. Yes. Um, But it was about us going to the brand. And what they're saying now is with Gen Z, it's about the brand showing loyalty to them.
4: It's so true. And it's
3: completely switched. So the way you're marketing to Gen Z has to be different than the way you've Interacted with any other generation?
4: Yeah, well, Gen Z and Millennials will say that they expect a brand to engage with them on social media in one hour, or they change brands. Great example, right? Hey, Delta, my flight's late. Can I get some free points or whatever? Mm. You're good at those keys, it, it, free too. almonds. Yes, I'm so good those at those almonds. But it, it, if if Delta doesn't reply in 45 minutes, then they're like, I'm out. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Southwest. Or I'm going to United. <laughs> uh, whoever. Right. The the point is, we have to be taking our brand a little bit differently and marketing a little bit differently to a generation that has different expectations. And that's not a bad thing. It's It's just a different thing.
3: All right. Well, I'm sitting here in the orange bunker with Leslie. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me and I'm so honored to be the one doing this interview because I have a special place in my heart for the public schools, and this is gonna be a very exciting conversation. I'm excited too. <laughs> so, I have been looking forward to asking you these questions. I um, We have a lot of church leaders who are listening, um, and maybe even some leaders in the school system, and I would love to start off by hearing you talk about, like, what would be the benefit for both sides, all sides, and our kids,
5: if the schools and the churches would start to partner together more? Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe the first thing to do would be to step back even a little bit from that question and to think about before any church person, professional church person especially, um, decides to work with their public school or partner with their school. It really helps to start out by clarifying what is a win and probably for the school first. So, identifying, you know, schools are are heavy into metrics and data Mm -hmm. and measuring outcomes. Uh, So, finding out what your school deems important and how they measure that whether it's academics, behavior, culture, character education, those sorts of things, finding out how they measure those, and then um, how you, kind of in your mind, thinking of how you might impact those, and then understanding really specifically what your church win is in Mm -hmm. your job or in your specific role. I mean, obviously, the church mission is going to be involved in that, and probably the Great Commission is involved in that. (laughs) But really specifically, what do the people who lead you expect from you or your group that you're working with? And then the question you have to ask yourself is, do those intersect? Mm-hmm. Is there a way that those that the win for the school and the win for the church intersect at all? And then the second question you ask yourself is, does that matter to me? Right? Can it just be a win for the school and not necessarily Ooh. be an outcome-based win for the church? Can we just work with kids in schools because we love them? Um, or does it have to have some you know, return on investment for us as that. well. And that's a really big question to ask yourself first, uh, because if you don't go in with that mindset that it's either a win or a win-win and, and it's clearly defined, right. then you, you really can set yourself up for some frustration and some disappointment. And, and ultimately you can um, really let down the school in the partnership you're hoping to create. Whew, yeah, no, that it's stuff. is amazing. Big, big stuff. Yeah. I love so, that. And if you think about it in terms of, in terms of our community – Where you live, the public schools are incredibly important, even if you don't send your kids there or grandkids or have kids particularly that you know or live in your house that go there. Mm -hmm. The the quality of the schools and the state of the schools determines the economic vitality of the community. There's a reason on Reality websites that they list the school district Mm. along with where you want to purchase your house because it matters. It's important. Uh, and, And so... We know it matters, sports teams and arts organizations in the schools matter because that's where people gather. That's where Mm -hmm. they go. And if the church isn't a part of the world that the rest of the community is a part of, it makes us very, very irrelevant um, in that world. And so it's just logical, really, that it would be a partnership that a church would want to invest some time in. I love how you drew the conclusion of why this is important for everybody, even if
3: their kids aren't in the public school. Because I think I think that's really important for all youth pastors, all family ministers to hear because if they do have families who are sending kids to private school or they themselves are sending their kids to private schools, it is going to take some intentionality Absolutely. to get involved.
5: But if you think about it, these are the kids that your kids are playing with, yes. that they're on t-ball teams with, that they're going to play volleyball with, and these are the kids that are going to grow up and, and work for you and with you if mm-hmm. you're not a professional church person, if you're a volunteer, they're going to be your employees someday. Mm-hmm. And if you want them to come into your workplace and to treat people a certain way and to to have the same values or the same virtuous <laughs> behaviors that you have— mm-hmm then the best way to do that is to start when they're young and where they are all the time, which is which is at their school. That's awesome. You mentioned something earlier about where you should start is figure out how
3: the school systems are measuring success and what yeah. their win is, what are their metrics. Yeah. For someone who's listening who maybe doesn't know how to figure that out or where to
5: start what would your suggestion be well i would say that probably the resources are all around you you maybe just haven't noticed yet so for example if you're if you're in a church that's more than one or two people there is someone there who is connected with the schools right Mm -hmm. there's a teacher there there's a counselor there there's a parent of a kid who goes to a school there and the first thing would be to ask people you already know Mm -hmm. so that you've Don't feel quite as vulnerable or as inexperienced. And you can say, hey, what's the most important things to your school? When they send home newsletters, what's the mission statement on there? Right. Check out the school's website. Your state department of education lists all of the things that schools are accountable for. Mm -hmm. That will tell you two things. One, it will tell you what they're accountable for and how you can... help with that and attribute to that Mm -hmm. and the second thing is it'll give you some perspective on how much we ask our schools and our teachers to do Mm -hmm. and how ripe they are for having someone come alongside them and say i'm with you i'm behind you how can we be a part of this right Um, because it's really we ask an awful lot of the people that we put in those school buildings every day you know listening to you say that i i couldn't help but take myself back to when I was a school teacher in the public
3: schools in Maryland. And I remember like each year, two years, like a a new thing would be implemented with the teachers, like a new metric would be, uh, you know, discussed or implemented. And so I guess it made me think like for anyone who's listening, who maybe looked into this three, four years ago and is maybe
5: doing the same thing that they were doing three or four years ago, maybe that's a great thing. Or maybe not. What would you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. Schools' initiatives change all the time, and they probably named it something with an acronym.
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I (laughs) know, right? Yeah.
5: So um, I talk a lot to churches about the difference between church language and school language, and that uh, perhaps your best role could be a translator between the two. Schools speak in acronyms, they speak in data and metrics, and they have procedures for everything. And, And churches really don't use that language quite as much, especially churches who are familiar with Orange, Right. who use a lot of uh, Reggie's messaging, they tend to use a different kind of language. We say things like love on and leverage influence, which in our lives and in the church context are so meaningful. Mm-hmm. But if you went to a school and you said a sentence like, we just want to come and love on kids so we can leverage influence, Creeper. So you would scare the <laughs> crap out of them, right? You can't do that. So yeah. so understanding that saying, I'm going to bring six Uh, background checked volunteers to come help at your football games on Friday nights is a totally different sentence than I'm going to come and bring some people to love on kids to leverage influence, right? So just knowing the language is another one of those first steps between how you can really create something that's meaningful and um, give the school confidence that you're going to be able to sustain this and follow through. And another
3: benefit to that would probably be, you know, for a kid who, you know, their church and their school are speaking similar languages. I mean, rather than competing at at worst and maybe confusing at best. Absolutely.
6: <laughs> well, I think it begs the question and then, and I, and not take up any too Sam, much. Sam, this is our podcast. I'm just saying <laughs> he just you just <laughs> ignited it's me. <laughs> it's like it, it 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 begs us to ask the question, what are we in ministry for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, are, are we in it for our own personal gain and to fill our own secret holes of, you know, uh, uh, significance. Are we in it to feel significant, mm-hmm. or are we in it to help other people find their significance? Mm. And I think as we talk about this whole youth pastor thing and children's pastor, it's like I think the only way you can really help somebody mm. find their voice is to is to let them be the hero, yeah, and to not try to fulfill your own personal insecurities yeah, yeah, yeah. in ministry, yeah which I think we see all the time. All right, to
3: say. So what you're saying is everybody needs to go to counseling <laughs> and figure out their yes. stuff.
6: Yes. <laughs> Before you try Before to help. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Well,
3: I'd imagine also a lot of our listeners are saying, you know, well, I can't possibly mentor all the kids in my, my ministry, wow. which means I need to multiply myself, which in walks the significance of a small group leader,
6: right? Ooh, come on, Ashley.
3: But, come but on. I would imagine some of them are saying, yes, I want them. I want the small group leaders to help our kids find their voices but I can't get them to do that. How do I get them motivated to do that?
6: Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know who it is that said this, but I feel like I was in so many breakouts at Orange, just jumping in and out, and there were so many different people saying different things. But I think we underestimate the power of vision casting Mm. on a high level. Mm. Because I think one of the things I see happening around, the country and around the world, when, when I'm sitting with different leaders that are having issues recruiting volunteers to come and actually commit for a long period of time, I'm going, what are you saying? Are you just saying, hey, come help us with some kids? Or are you saying you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to help shape the future mm. of the next generation? Mm. I mean, what what is the vision that you're giving? And so I, I would say if people aren't coming or committing, I think the issue is the power of the vision casting. Mm-hmm. You know, good. how much do you really believe in it? How, you know, how much do you really know? And how much are you investing in helping them understand the weight of yeah. what they could be a part of? That's
7: good. And I'm on the other end of that. Yeah. From a leader perspective, sure. But then from a, an attendee or a youth perspective, I, I think vision has to be cast to them. I think we've, we've dangerously, not everywhere, but in, in certain places, we've created storehouses Mm. For souls, mm. and 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 the image for me is as you go from this cafeteria setting where everybody's found their voice, but they're just kind of yelling in the same room, to eventually storehousing them. In your thing that you've created and then they end up becoming the stories in the graveyards Mm -hmm. the unreached potential because we've kept them away from whatever their voice could have achieved because we've just kept them stored up in whatever we created because that's that's a safety net in some regard but then and at the same at the same time it's restrictive Mm -hmm. and so i'm saying cast vision to the youth like you're you're here for high school bro and you leave Sis, you, you're, you're here while you're in college, but then you leave and you're going to go be a voice and a light mm. to someone else the same way I've been. And that's kind of the picture that, or the motto I see Christ having totally. is, is, I'm going to walk with you until you can walk. And Woo! then once you can walk, I'm out. I don't, I no longer need to do that. I can lovingly write letters back and go, man, I miss you. Can't wait to come see you. Hope yeah. the family's well. But, but that, that model is kind of like, if discipleship is, is visible and evident, the aspect of discipleship where the disciplers were writing letters back because they've released them is, is hard found, hard to be found for yeah. me in certain parts of the country. So I'm like, man, no, release them. Wow. Train them with vision to release them, send them out with their voice, and then let them loose on the world
3: I love what you said that's actually like one of our our main strategies Mm -hmm. for small group leaders and the lead small principle the fifth one is move them out yeah so thank you so much Mm
4: -hmm. So sitting with me right now in the Think Orange bunker is the one and only Afton, like Beyonce, Afton. She only has one name. She only needs one name. Afton, you are the lead small director at Orange. For people who don't know, what does that mean?
0: Uh, That means I'm in charge of all the small group leader resources that Orange puts out.
4: Okay. And then uh, sitting across from me also is the lovely, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) is this the first time we've interviewed each other? This
3: is. Do you even know how to do this?
4: I don't know. You all recognize this voice. Tell us who you are. I want them to guess.
3: It's me, guys, Ashley. Well,
4: it's so good to have you here.
3: Thank you. It's and so I lo- good to be I here. I love
4: that I get to interview you rather than just talk alongside you.
3: Yes. This will be very interesting.
4: Now, but you're here because you have uh, a ton of ministry experience working with middle scholars and and leading people who lead small groups. So uh, this, is, this is really good. I think you guys are going to add so much today. So, you know, as we just said, Chef was clarifying the win for small group leaders. I want to know, what does that mean to you guys?
0: Um, I would say the the win for a small group leader is if they are consistently showing up in the lives of a few kids over time, and they really are investing, encouraging, and kind of like engaging a few kids in authentic mm-hmm. faith. Mm. Um, and if they're doing that, for me, like the key word is consistently, um, because you can't be a small group leader if you're not showing up consistently. If you're showing up once a month or even every other well, week, you can
3: be a, just not a great
0: one. <laughs> right. Your title okay. might be small group leader, but the real win is being there every week for your kids yes would you agree yeah absolutely
4: yeah Mm -hmm. any anything you would add from your years of ministry experience
3: yeah i think the win for a small group leader is being there when they need you and i think also the win for a small group leader is not to help students recite the information they just heard but to apply it
4: yeah that's really good so when when a church sets small group leaders up for success what does that look like what are the benefits of that how do they go about doing that
0: Can I just say, I think a lot of churches feel like they set up a small group leader for success by training them one time at the beginning of the year. Mm. A lot of churches do that. You mm. know, it's fall kickoff. We'll tell you, you know, what shirt to wear, when to show up, what time, what materials you'll be using. What you know, what what your group time will look like. And then it's kind of like they're done. Yeah. Right. Um, And I think for a small group leader to really be set up for success, there has to be a continual year long training for that small group leader. For me personally, I am currently leading a group of second graders, and um, oh, they just turned into third graders, so now they're third graders Mm. and I've had I've been with them since they were in kindergarten and it's been so amazing to watch them grow but for me I felt like I was trained one time and then all of a sudden I was in a group with these kids Mm. and I'm in conversations and no one really told me what to say when they ask questions about like well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Or yeah. yes. what you know, is there something special about that water in there? And like, luckily, you know, since I've been doing this for so long, I, I kind of am able to answer genuinely. And but I, I always feel for those small group leaders that are like, Oh, I don't know if I've ever really had to have this conversation with someone who's such a concrete thinker. Mm-hmm. And what kind of words do I use? And what kind of phrases should I not not use? Yeah. Um, especially when you're talking about things like um, you know, becoming a Christian. I think for elementary leaders, a lot of times you hear the phrase like, well, okay, that's when you ask Jesus into your heart. Yeah. And for, for kids that are such concrete thinkers, they're, they're thinking literally everything you say. So they're right. like, Jesus is going to come into my actual heart inside of me and live there with like his suitcase and his Keurig. Yeah. And no, like you kind of have to be like, uh, like you, and, and it's not wrong to say that. You know, it's a phrase that's used so often in church, but I think if someone was able to say, hey, Afton, you're leading a group of third graders, yeah. and just so you know, here's where they are developmentally, here's some ways to talk about faith, here's some ways to talk about salvation in a way that they'll understand where they are right now, yeah. um, I think that's like the most helpful thing a church can do is to give small group leaders. Leaders, really great words to say, really great information about the faith they're working with.
3: Yeah, and in addition to the big conversations like salvation and baptism, I think it's so important for church leaders to set small group leaders up with what we're talking about this week specifically, and this is what you can anticipate is gonna happen in your group. Mm. These are several different ways that kids could respond, and here's how you can navigate those responses. Yeah. Because I think the worst thing that can happen is they try to respond in the wrong way, or they try to answer a question that they don't know the answer to, or they developmentally don't know how to talk to a kid about it. And then the kid either doesn't understand it, believes a lie, or never wants to ask again.
4: Yeah, mm. yeah. We, we, I think sometimes, would this be fair from both of your experience, that sometimes churches get to the point of, hey, we've got this many kids, we need this many small group leaders. Well, we've hit that number, we've got the right number of small group leaders, so we're done. Would you find a lot of churches think that way?
3: I don't even know a church that would say they're done recruiting small group leaders. I feel like everybody's always recruiting small group leaders. I feel like it's the the volunteer position you never have enough of and you never should stop recruiting Mm because you never know whose life circumstance is going to change.
0: And Mm
4: -hmm. what I'm hearing is you also should never stop training.
0: Yes. Training is such a big piece of it because what's even better than recruiting small group leaders is retaining small group leaders Mm. it's so much harder to train a brand new small group leader from scratch than it is to retain a small group leader for years and years and years and part of what makes a small group leader stick is training them and setting them Mm -hmm. up to win Um, so when you're able to like you know help train them and give them the resources they need so that they're like hey I really know how to do this I've got a handle on it I feel like I'm making a difference and doing something significant they'll carry over year to year and then you can still keep recruiting but you've still got like this Solid core volunteers mm-hmm. that you can really count on. Yeah.
4: When, when, a, when a small group leader gets stuck with a question that they don't feel capable of answering, they're not likely to stick around, right?
0: Yeah, or I mean, even giving the small group leader permission to say, in our ministry, it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of small group leaders feel like they're failing if they have to say, I don't know, mm. or if they make an answer up. And for a ministry to say, hey, we know your your kids are gonna ask you questions, especially middle schoolers are gonna be like, hey, what, what about the dinosaurs? Where are those in the Bible? Good and, question. I mean, I remember asking <laughs> that when I was in middle school, and I remember my small group leader looking at me like, why are you asking this? By the way, she quit (laughs) because I think she felt like I can't answer and I don't want to like, I'm not qualified to lead a small group that are asking these kinds of questions. And I wish someone could have just like, if my adult self now could speak to her now, I'd be like, it didn't matter to me that you couldn't answer the question. It ma- it would matter to me more that you stuck around even when we were asking weird
3: and hard questions. Well, I think in addition mm. to that, I don't think um, small group leaders only quit because they don't know the answer to the kids' questions as much as they'll quit because they don't have access to you as a ministry leader. Mm. So they get frustrated if they can't get training or they don't know where to go for the research or they contact you and you're, you are you kind of put them off and put them off mm-hmm. and then they're like, I don't really have the support I thought I would have. I don't want to do this.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an ongoing Conversation between the leader and the and and the small group director or whatever that title might yeah. be in the church, right? Or sure. coach, yeah. And relationship—that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. It's it's the similar to the relationship you want the small group leader to have with their kids you kind of need to have that ongoing relationship with the people who are reporting to you, correct? Yes.
0: Yeah, we would even say, like, structure your staff, whether it's volunteer Mm. staff or paid staff, the way you would structure your small group leaders and kids. Yeah. So, you know, we would say depending on the age group, maybe 10 kids is the max per mm-hmm. small group leader. We would say the same thing for how many small group leaders are in the care of a staff member or a coach. Um, we, we refer to them as coaches, they're volunteer positions, but um, one coach basically is equipping and training and in constant communication with the 10 small group leaders that they
3: lead. And the staff member is leading the coaches. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
4: Hey, this is awesome stuff. Uh, but before we move on, I do want to know for the person who's out there listening to this in their car right now. And some kid has just literally asked them the question about dinosaurs in the Bible. What is, what is, what's the answer you guys give?
3: That is a really good question. I've been wondering the same thing. You should, you should find out and tell me.
4: (laughs) Hang on. Is that your answer to me or is that the, is that the example?
3: I would literally say that to a kid. Like, can you research that and tell me because I've been wondering the same question. It's such a good question. And then they feel empowered and then they can tell me.
4: That's so. Or good. a lot of times
0: it's great to say, we'll find out together, or what do you think? Like you tell me how you mm. why you think that's the case or why you think this happened, or what do you what are the possible answers? Let's just like imagine what the possible answers are together so that they feel like they're a part of the solution as well. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh Gosh, this is why you guys are so good at what you do. That was answering a question with a question. It's so good. But I I like what you said, Ashley. It it empowers the the Mm -hmm. student. That's so good. Okay, so thank you for answering that question for me because now I know.
0: Well, and there are some questions like that, that there's not always black and white answers to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's why I'm like kind of laughing like, Oh, well, what do I say? Cause I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know why there's not dinosaurs in the Bible. I don't know why. And there are, but there are answers to their questions that are really genuinely, I don't know. Nobody knows. What do you think? Yeah. Kind of.
3: Kind of answers. I was leading this group of sixth grade girls, and this I will never forget. This question this girl <laughs> asked me, and she. So we're all talking, and and she goes, "Wait, wait, wait." So I don't get it. Like in heaven, if everybody's like happy and they all like believe in God, and there's no sickness and no disease and whatever, like why was Satan so unhappy then? Wow. And I was like. I have never thought of that
2: question.
3: Uh, I just believed uh, it because I was told it as a kid and I never went back to revisit it. But to her, she was like, well, if Satan was in heaven at one point, why was he so unhappy? That
4: kid needs to become a theologian. I know.
3: I was like, great question. Don't have an answer. But I will wonder this forever.
0: But I think like that's such a great example of like how you can teach kids and students to like play with the Bible and like have an open dialogue about stuff. Because as you grow older into adulthood and your faith, you have questions like that. Yeah. And if you grew up in a church or in, in a, a Sunday school model where those kinds of questions are shut down mm. and not encouraged and like, you know, like this is a fascinating, creative you know, mm. God that we serve, He's going to have fascinating and creative, you know,
3: answers to our questions.
0: They grow up and, and think that it's not okay to ask those right. kinds of questions. And
3: what better way to teach a kid or a student that it's okay to wonder about God yeah. than to wonder with them? Yeah, that's
4: so that's good. good. I'm loving just that's listening so to you guys talk about your. I own just need little... to pause
0: this podcast so I can tweet what Ashley said really quick.
4: I know, right? <laughs> Happens all the time when she's hosting as well. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I don't
0: know if that's true because i listen listened to the podcast and most, is, isn't she singing for like 90% of most podcasts? Thank you so
3: much for noticing. I, I don't know if you noticed, but on my bios, on all my social media platforms, I'm the lead vocalist of the Think Orange podcast.
4: It's so true. <laughs> I'm going to ask Ash, can you just sing a bit of Coming to America for us?
3: Coming to America. <laughs>
4: Okay. Uh, I, think I, that's think that's a, I think that's enough. I
3: think that's enough. Why do you always make me sing?
4: I don't know. What is the song though? Till sure.
3: as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> dancing. She's like the wind.
4: <laughs> you went with Patrick Swayze once. I don't once. know why. I
3: don't know why that just came to me.
4: Moana. Yes,
3: do you know it? I, Will you I sing it with me, Dave? I
4: don't know it, but I know of Moana.
3: It goes like, "See the line where the sky meets the sea. It calls me." <laughs>
4: <laughs> Smarter, kinder, and louder. So, what are we focused on there, Ash? The er. The er. <laughs> I think that's the closest <laughs> thing to singing we're going to get from you today. Oh my gosh, Ash. Did you sing in every episode I, of this podcast?
3: Well, I wasn't on every episode, but I... <laughs>
4: did, I you like, sing, did you sing every episode that you were on?
3: I would say probably 95% of the time.
4: Hey, and you know what <laughs> one of my favorite memories of this podcast Please is? Tell me. Is going to like the Orange Tour and then going to the Orange Conference and having people come up. <laughs> to me, when you weren't even around and go, Hey Dave, I listened to the Think Orange podcast, where's Ash? And can, sh- and can she sing? Like, literally, that's what people would come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, where's Ash? They, sometimes they wouldn't even name me. They would just go, oh, my gosh, Think Orange Podcast, where's Ash? Ugh. But it's because you sang and it's because you made such a great impact with all of your vocal dynamics. Maybe that's why
3: they were asking. Or maybe because me making a fool of myself is...
4: That's, no, you weren't making a fool of yourself. You were making a, a whole group of people very, very happy. You were making people laugh. I would get reports all the time from people who listen to the podcast who would say they just sit there laughing their heads off the whole time that we're on.
3: You know, Dave, there's some advice I was given that I, I, I live my life by.
4: What, what is that?
3: The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
4: Oh, my gosh. That is so wise. I'm going to tweet that. Who said that?
3: Uh, the movie elf,
4: (laughs) the movie elf said it. (laughs) Do you mean buddy, the elf? Oh yeah. Sorry.
3: (laughs) Buddy, the elf said it.
4: Oh, that is, that is wisdom right there. Hey, what, what's one of your favorite memories from the podcast?
3: Well, if I'm going to be honest about answering that question, Dave, I would say it's probably the things that our listeners haven't heard. Like I'm not just saying this to like be cliche, but we have a really fun team and Uh recording is so fun. And Mm -hmm. I cannot like the times where you like storm out (laughs) of the bunker. Um, I laugh so hard and I'm like exhausted for the rest of the day after we record, not because I'm like, you know, all serious and heavy. It's like, I've laughed so hard. I don't have enough oxygen in my body to get through (laughs) the rest of the day. So I would say that just the process of doing this has been so much fun. I wish everybody could hear all of the things that don't make it to the to the episode.
4: Maybe we should create a blooper reel. I should get K-Daddy onto that.
3: Yeah, all of the fits you threw. We should definitely, <laughs> definitely make an episode like
4: that. Or one of the things you guys who listen <laughs> don't know is that what I try to do before I start every episode, before before I say my traditional, my go-to welcome of, G'day, everyone, my name is Dave.
3: Or, what's up, uh, everyone? No.
4: Um, what I try to do is I try to say something off air that will get Ashley laughing.
3: He does do Because
4: that. I... Get so much energy from when you have that wheezy laugh that you do, you know, when you laugh so hard it bursts out and then it turns into a wheeze.
3: I wonder if it's changed now that I had sinus surgery.
4: Oh. (laughs) you got to tell us because I've got you on my ringtone. Whenever you call, it's you laughing. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So it feels if, good to be known. If it's changed, you've got to let me know. <laughs> um, so, yes, those off-air moments are some of my favorite as well. I really uh, have enjoyed hanging out with you. I'm so looking forward to the fact that you're going to come back. You're going to be a regular, right? Yeah. In the bunker?
3: Well, not a regular, but I'll be around, you know.
4: And so I would like to right now just unveil the big – Portrait that we have had done of you uh, in oils, um, <laughs> <laughs> please, please. <laughs> in watercolor. Uh, it's right up there, and we're taking the we're taking the <laughs> we're taking the curtain off it right now. Ash, there it is—the big reveal. What do you think?
3: Wow, it's <laughs> it's huge. It's from the floor to the ceiling.
4: <laughs> well, you know, we wanted to capture your personality, and so I'm, we had to.
3: I am forever.
4: It's more of a mural. In the bunker
3: with you and whoever takes my spot. (laughs) It is
4: more of a mural than anything else. Hey, Ash, um, I know that you've got so much on. uh, How can people keep up with you? Because you are such a staple now in people's weeks. I know they will want to follow you and keep up to date with everything that's going on. (laughs) Where Where can they catch you?
3: You can find me on the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast, mm-hmm. all things XP3 Middle School, whether we're doing you know, a Facebook Live or curriculum videos or whatever it is. Um, obviously, you can find me on all social media platforms. You can follow Carrie117, which is the ministry I help run in Ethiopia. Yep. And my website, ashleybohuns.com. You can send me a message.
1: Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to interject here. Oh, hey, Daddy. And, uh, in the house. Seeing as that, I don't really say much that often.
4: But, his little uh,
3: face is pressed up to the portal window, <laughs> <laughs> but he's got his Britney headphones Spears. on and his voice uh, close to his ears. And his
4: Britney Spears microphone. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. What's up? <laughs> so anyway, I just want to say how much we have appreciated you um, being a part of the podcast here and how wonderful it has been to work with you. Oh. You have hey, a certain amount of life and joy. Like Dave was saying that you bring to the, bring to each and every podcast we do and, and, even off the air, when we're just laughing and talking, it's really, gonna, it's really been something special.
4: Mm.
1: And um, so it's not, even though you're not going to be here all the time, it's still going to be like losing a family member. So mm. just want you to know how much we appreciate you. Uh, we had a, a gift we were trying to get up with you and surprise you with, and uh, I think we were some of our technology issues. we were be uh, it's going to be a little behind schedule, but uh, there is going to be a Amazon gift c- a card for you. And it's going to show up in some of the emails and everything that's from the team and everything. So we just want you to know how much we appreciate you. And, thank um, you, guys. I'll just know you're, all, you're always in our hearts and we're in, you're in our prayers for everything and all your future endeavors. So,
3: thank you. Hold on. I need to come give you a hug. Aww.
1: But seriously, though. Okay. Thank
4: you. That well, so look sweet. at this. So nice. That was so nice of you. K-Daddy
3: f- never talks that much. No. I feel so honored. Yeah,
4: that, There's your gift right there. I know. <laughs> uh, Amazon gift card is a bonus after that.
3: Guys, I feel so loved. Seriously, thank you.
4: Good. You should. You should feel loved.
3: Well, hey, yeah. I do. I really do. So thank you guys so much for this episode. But I also want to say to all the people I've had amazing conversations with after certain episodes have released, I mean, those were also my favorite moments from this podcast. It wasn't necessarily just... Recording a podcast. It was everything that happened before, during, and after that wasn't necessarily on air. So many of you have reached out and and started conversations about the topics we talked about, and I feel like I was able to get to know you more, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool because we're in this this orange bunka, and sometimes it feels so far away from like the reality of implementing some of this. So. Thank you for those conversations. Thank you for all the laughs and how many of you have come up to me and started singing your favorite song. (laughs) It's like so cool. And I feel like, you know, before we wrap this up, I just, I feel like I need to pass the torch. Mm. I feel like there's someone that needs to be on this podcast that has the permission Mm -hmm. to continue the singing legacy. Yes. And, and, you know, Dave, um, since you for sure will be here, I feel like, I need to to pass the baton, (laughs) and um, it would only be appropriate for you to wrap us up.
4: Oh, really?
3: (laughs) I think think this is the baton pass of me. You just heard all of my singing montage, (laughs) and I feel like this should be the beginning. That's the last of mine and the beginning of yours. Wow.
4: Wow. (laughs) So I feel like I'm on The Voice now.
3: I love The Voice.
4: Yeah. Wow. Really? That's a shocker. So you want me to sing to, get, to take us out?
3: A hundred percent.
4: Well, I, I will sing now, but we, we, we need you to have you sign off for the last time with the, the slogan that we created that first episode that we ever did. So I'm happy to sing, but then I'm going to get you to sign off. So what do you want me to sing?
3: Okay. I Dave, this would mean a lot to me. Okay. If you could sing Can me. Can you pick
4: something that I know?
3: Well, I can't promise that because, as all the listeners know, you and I clearly don't have the same taste in music.
4: Clearly, because
3: we don't even know the same
4: artists. (laughs) Because you were
3: born in like the 16th century or something. (laughs) Okay, moving on.
4: (laughs) That's really hurtful. Go, go, pick
3: it. All right, I'm going to... Okay, I'll give you a little bit of wiggle room here. Okay. If you can sing me one line... Oh, Lord. ...from any song... No. ...off Taylor Swift's Reputation album... Why Taylor Swift? She's my favorite.
4: Ah, I really... If you can
3: any one line of any song on the album... Well,
4: I don't know any songs off that album.
3: If you can do this, if you can do this, you have three daughters. Come on, if you don't know this... mm -mm, mm-mm, (laughs) mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> but if you do. Yeah.
4: You well, will get
3: a standing ovation. I will
4: get a standing ovation if I Everybody know deserves one. a
3: standing ovation once in their life. That's from and, the movie Wonder. And,
4: and so this is mine. This is my opportunity. Yes. to get a standing ovation. Yes. Well, I here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know how don't I'm waste ever gonna time. F- I don't on. know how I'm ever going to feel your sh- shoes. I don't sing, you do clearly. <laughs> so I don't even know here's the thing that worries me. You know what worries me most? About this, when it comes to me trying to sing after you, what? You got a big reputation. <gasps> big reputation. Ooh, she's got a big reputation. Ah. <laughs> uh, no. Way. And you heard about me. She's got a big enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: cannot believe you know a
4: live <laughs>
3: album. Nailed it. Oh my gosh, that just made my day. I, Thank you so much. Not only did I <laughs>
4: sing it, I worked it into the conversation. Did you see that? And
3: you had like the head thing going, like attitude
4: going. I was (laughs) clicking.
3: And, I love that. Uh, Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That was the perfect baton pass because now uh, you've got a big reputation.
4: Wow. Well, I appreciate that. Ash, you know that I absolutely love you. You know that I, this is just a joy. You bring so much laughter into my life. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to having you on in future episodes down the track. And we, we've we got so much planned for next year as well. And I know that this is going to be awesome. And we're going to still see you around and yep. have you on from time to time. And 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 I would just want to encourage everybody once more more to to make sure you follow ashley on social media she what you hear on the podcast is what she is (laughs) on social media especially an instagram story so make sure you go and follow her right now if you don't already also while you're doing that make sure you leave a review of this episode including a review of my singing uh you can do that wherever you're listening to apple podcasts Um, hey
3: dave i have one piece of advice oh what is it it's december 18th yep which means Starbucks holiday drinks will not be around for that much longer. Mm. And if you have never had the chestnut praline latte, now is the time,
4: folks. That's In so,
3: honor of me, if you could go to that's Starbucks so random. and get it, <laughs> because the rest of the year is lonely without it.
4: Okay, Daddy, you know what I think. <laughs> You know what I think, K-Daddy? What's that, buddy? I think from now on, things are going to be less just obscure. That literally came out of nowhere. That was so random.
3: But it's a big part of my life right now because that drink is my favorite. Favorite coffee drink ever. Chestnut praline latte.
4: Good to know. Uh, One more thing we need to know, Ash. For the very last time, can you just sign us off solo on this episode? We'll just sit here in silence as you do it.
3: I would love to, Dave.
4: Okay, take it away.
3: Friends... When you think next generation, think orange. Thank
6: you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast.
3: Join us next time
0: for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation.
3: For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com.